Welcome to the Financial Heartbeat Podcast with Mike Klauke. In this podcast, we talk about overcoming the challenges families and business owners face in their financial lives. We discuss big and small life events, the implications, and how to plan ahead and control what you can. Let us help you redefine the retirement that's in front of you into a better one. Now, on to today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to my second podcast. And who'd I bring in? My good friend, Tammy Becker, from just north of here. You know, I mean, Tammy, we're not very far apart. We can walk back and forth from our offices. Tammy is from Becker Tax and Bookkeeping, LLC. And you like the LLC, don't you? Well, you always want to have that LLC, right? The LLC is fun. But Tammy and I have worked together. I was trying to figure that out. It's got to be almost 15 years that, that, we, have been, right. yeah. that we have been working together. We have tons of mutual clients. And um, I just thought with all the insanity going on in the world, as people are getting ready to do their taxes, as all the 1099s are coming, it'd be a good time to talk about what our taxes going to look like for next year or for 2018 compared to 17 and a whole bunch of other stuff. But before, tell me a little bit about you, Tammy. I mean, for the people that don't know you, how long have you been in this business and why the heck do you want to do taxes? (laughs) Well, I have been doing taxes now for 30 years. I didn't originally plan on getting into taxes. I, I grew up in the Madison area and I wanted to be a social worker, but my father said there's no money in social work. So uh, he thought I should go into accounting because I was good in math. And I kind of listened to my dad a little bit. And um, when I graduated from college, I came to lacrosse to go to UW lacrosse. I graduated with my accounting degree, but my husband and I were expecting a baby. So we held off on me getting a job and Our son Aaron was born in October, and three months later, I wanted to get out of the house. (laughs) And with an accounting degree in January, I fell into tax. And I find out after many years of doing tax that I really am in social work. It's just financial social work. Right, right, right. (laughs) You're helping people solve different problems. Right. And, and, and you really do, don't you? I mean, you really (laughs) get to know people at, at multiple levels. Sometimes when people are really not at their best. I mean, yeah. it's a very scary time. There's nothing worse. I've had it. You've gotten it. The dreaded letter from the IRS saying, we're going to audit you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, with your clients, if you've had them for many years, they've grown, maybe gotten married, had children, maybe got divorced. You know, now they might Change be in a jobs. Re- re- job changes, retirements, uh, you know, a parent death, that's inheritance issues. So all sorts of things happen and you go through all of that with those clients. Well, one of the things I really do like about your office, which is unique, is that you are there all year. I mean, you're open 360, well, not open 365 (laughs) days, but you're available, which I think is huge. I think you need to have a tax preparer that you can call any time during the year. And I'm sure you would agree, you'd like people to call you as things change during the year. Yeah, once you do something and it's too late to fix it, it's problematic. So if they they have something coming up in their life, we're constantly telling people, call us before you do something major. Right. And then you also have some great staff. I mean, Jerry has been with you a long time. Well, Jerry's been with me for 11 years. Uh, He's one of our staff accountants and a tax preparer. Uh, Annie's been there actually a total of... 12 years. She took some time off uh, working for me after she had a couple children. And then um, Dylan, who's one of our payroll processors, he's been there now for four years. He's also a tax preparer. And we just hired 
uh, Gabe in, and he is payroll processing and will be doing tax preparation this coming year. So you've got a lot of experience mm-hmm. doing yeah. taxes. I mean, 11 years. And, and Jerry had experience before you in the accounting Yes, world. yeah. He worked so, for another accounting firm before he came to me. So, I mean, when you look at that, there's there's a lot of background there. There really isn't any taxes you guys can't handle. Yeah, we get some interesting cases. And there's some things that happen that you don't see all the time. You know, different things that come up. Maybe I... <sighs> You people move from state to state. It's like, okay, yeah, Hawaii. I've done Hawaiian returns. I don't do them every year, but maybe once every three years, I see somebody move here from Hawaii or has partial year income in Hawaii. Um, you know, just kind of weird things like that. Right. And you can do any state. Yep, we can do any state. Right. And then what sort of clients do you guys typically work with? I know you do a ton of small businesses. Yeah. Well, we 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 will do any type of income tax return. We do, you know, just people that have jobs, regular 1040s, uh, own a home, have kids. We have a ton, like you said, of small businesses, people with rental properties. Uh, the small businesses might be partnerships, S-corporations, C-corporations, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you also do payroll. We do payroll processing. Uh, we do bookkeeping. We do after-the-fact payroll, so people who do their own payroll and just want us to do the monthly and quarterly be me. annual processing. Right. Yep. That's that's yep. what I do with my business with Tammy, and it works out great because I, I don't, you know, when you only, I, and I probably could do the reports, but to have somebody, um, you know, that I can call or when there is a question and just say, how do I do this is great. And, and it's very affordable. I mean, it's not, yeah. I, it's not that expensive to have you guys do it. And the nice thing is, you know, then you guys get it right. Yeah. And then we've got all of your information to kind of pull into the tax return when it's time to do the tax return. Yep. And they definitely do that for me. So now this is always the fun question. And people ask me all the time what they should bring to my office. If you have a person that's coming to you for the first time, what do you want? Well, they they need to bring in all of their tax documents that they've received. We're doing their tax returns, so we need your 1099s and W-2s. But we usually want you to bring at least last year's tax return, if not last year and the year before. And the reason for that is we want to review it because there have been multiple times that – deductions were missed. Um, I had uh, a client come in a couple years ago. He's got three kids in college and he's never had the education credits. And we were able to go back and amend some returns and he ended up getting, I think, close to $12,000 because he had never taken forms in. You have college-aged kids. Why would you not be claiming these credits? And he said, well, I never got forms for it, so I didn't know there was something there. Well, your kids are adults, so guess who gets the forms? And do you think your kids think those are important? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. So bring in your, your last two years tax returns, um, all of your tax documents. Those last year's tax return can be important, too, because you might have credits or carry forwards that we don't want to drop on this year's tax return. So we've had people that have sometimes done the tax returns themselves, and they'll bring in their uh, flash drive with their TurboTax or whatever, and we, we need to be able to kind of look and see if things were missed or if there's credits and carry forwards there. And then obviously, if you're in a business, you're going to need all the amortization schedules. You're going to need yep, your de- depreciation schedules for the equipment and uh, rental properties and things like that. Yeah. Right. That's And that's really a big deal because you don't want to be starting again. You need to stay on the same schedule that they're on. 
and you need to make sure that the schedule they're on makes sense. Correct. Yep. So, you know, so yeah. Now, why, and especially with the new world, what would cause somebody to need to use a tax preparer? What are things that you see that have people come in for the first time? Well, typically, when people come in for the first time, it's because something has happened in their world that they don't know how to handle, uh, a change in life. Uh, maybe they got married, so, oh, it's not as easy as it used to be. Maybe they had a baby. Oh, babies bring lots of tax changes, daycare <laughs> credits and uh, dependencies. They, they bring lots of changes. <laughs> That'd be like no sleep. That'd be like all that fun stuff. But yes, they also, and, and, and they do cost a little bit of money, don't they? They do. <laughs> so that's why the government gives us some extra credit for those kids. But other changes in life, uh, maybe some kind of different income popped in. Maybe you went to the casino just for fun and you want a big jackpot. Ooh, what do I do with that? Or maybe you had a parent pass away and you inherited their home that was sold. Right. I mean, there's some. There can be some really complicated things, but you know, maybe you changed jobs. Now you're traveling for work. Maybe you moved, moved from a different state. Retirement is a big one. People have a lot of changes. There's comp, uh, complications with like the social security rules and taxes. <laughs> Uh, there's different rules on the federal than there is on the state. So well, and especially I just read Minnesota, and the the taxes is going to be an absolute mess this year, isn't it? Yeah, because uh, Minnesota didn't necessarily take all of the new rules that the Internal Revenue Service did with the changes. So, so, so yeah. if you're so literally, if you're someone like me that lives across the border, no, I'm not a Viking fan. I just want to put that <laughs> out there. But if you if you live across the border. I mean, you're going to have really three very different returns this year when you look at the state, because you have a state of Minnesota, a state of Wisconsin, and a state and, and federal. Correct. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Lots of fun. Lots of fun. So, so uh, especially folks that live in one state, work in another state, that's really a reason to use a tax preparer, even if even if they have a fairly simple return. Yeah, we, we actually have people that will come into our office after the fact. We had a woman come in over the summer here. She had done her own taxes a couple years ago, got a letter from Minnesota because she never attached some substantiation for Wisconsin credit. So she didn't respond to the letter. And then they just assume that because you didn't <laughs> respond that you don't have the proper substantiation and charge you a bunch of tax. So. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that, those audit letters are always yeah. my favorite when a client calls. We had this year a situation where a person got about a half a million dollar rollover and it got coded wrong. Yeah. And it got uh, coded as a as a distribution and not as a rollover. Yeah. And, and it wasn't caught because the person did their own return. And they got the mail order letter that, you know, only had a half a million dollars of extra income on. Um, I mean, it was an easy fix. Yeah. But I had a person that got a letter like that and she laughed at it because she knew it couldn't be correct and just ignored it until they levied her bank account. <laughs> so bottom line is, if you get the letter from our good friends, the IRS, state, federal, actually take action. Yeah, at something. least read it. They are but, not going to go away. But. Don't, if you get it on a Saturday, and if you noticed, I think every one of my clients gets those letters on Saturdays. Don't panic until at least you talk to your advisor, your tax preparer on Monday. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of times it's just a matter of doing paperwork and it goes away. Correct. Yep. So especially if it's totally out of the blue. Mm-hmm. When should somebody, I mean, they should be considering scheduling their appointment to see you and your folks yeah. And I mean, not not that we want you to schedule it for January 1st, 
but <laughs> but they should be thinking about getting in to see you in in February and March. They should be calling you their offices now and getting on a calendar, right? Yeah, you usually want to call two, three, maybe four weeks before you'd actually want to come in. We typically don't have next day availability for appointments. Um, if that happens, it's because maybe somebody else has canceled. But uh, two, two to three weeks out is probably the best thing to think about. So if you're a person that doesn't like filing until after April 1st, you know, you, you can wait a little bit, but don't wait too long. Right. And then the other thing is they can call your office and you have a very good tax preparation form that you can send to them that will help them get all the right documents to bring in. Yep. The organizer that we send out and our, or our organizer this year that's sending out, we have, you know, information about a lot of the tax law changes for this year. Well, and that's going to be a very, very big deal, I think, going forward. Because there are a lot of changes, and that's what we're going to go to now. 2017 to 2018, we're now in a brand new world of taxes, Tammy. And um, talk to us about when you were telling me before we started that the returns are going to look totally different, too. Yeah, Donald Trump said he was going to simplify taxes, and I wouldn't really say that he simplified taxes, but you can... uh, Well, that's fake news. (laughs) Postcard. You're going to file your tax return on a postcard. If you don't want to take deductions and credits, you probably could use, it's like a piece of paper folded in half. The front has got your name, address, social security number, and signature on it. And the back side's got lines that most of them say attach schedule. Attach schedule one, attach schedule two, attach schedule four, A, B, C. Yeah, it's... um. A lot of change just looking at that tax return now. Right. But so what they basically have done is where before you you had it in different schedules, they're trying to simplify it and put it in one easy spot, but they really haven't simplified no, anything. No, no, they've added more attachments to get to where you were before. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then what? The biggest change I think we're going to see is the standard deduction, isn't it? I mean, that's I've, I've got to believe that's the biggest. Yeah. Um, So they had said, we're going to double the standard deduction. Again, everybody knows that the people in Washington don't know math because if you were filing single before 12,700, they they took the standard deduction and they doubled it, but then they scaled it back a little bit. So standard deductions are significantly higher. So there will be less people that will be able to itemize. Married couple before 12700 is what they had for a standard deduction. Uh, now that standard deduction is, you might as well say, 24000 If you're over 65, if both of you yeah, are over get 65. Get like 1300 also. more. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so then you're up to like 26600 Correct, yep. But, but the biggest difference is, so they gave you more, mm-hmm. but you got rid of then being a human being. So you got rid of, what was that other thing? <laughs> that, that personal that, exemption. The personal mm-hmm. exemption has gone. Correct. So if you had six kids, eh, thanks for playing, yeah. but not anymore. Yeah. So there's d- totally different deductions now for your kids. You still have to decide if you can claim your kid because maybe you're divorced and the ex gets to claim the kid or the kid is supporting themselves. Uh, maybe they're not in school, but still living in home. You still have to decide whether you can really claim them or not. And if you can claim them instead of a personal exemption, you get a credit. But those phase out at certain incomes, right? Correct. Yep. But those phase outs are higher than they were before. So people who are higher income that couldn't even get a child tax credit before, 
may now be able to get that higher new child tax credit. But those people used to get the exemption no matter what. Correct. Well, not no matter what. If their incomes were way high, they weren't getting those exemptions. Right, but, so. but the vast majority of your clients were able to get those exemptions. Correct, yep. What are the income levels now? Do you know? I hate to throw that Oh, yeah. You. Well, they're they're just so different. You know, whether you're filing single, married, filing... Let's say married had, family, roughly. Married and a family, if you're going to be claiming exemptions, you're up now over $200,000 and you're still able to claim those exemptions. Before it was 110000 But if you're like at 300000 it may be better than to let the kids file on their own, right? Yeah, because, you have to look at those rules. I mean, you're going to have to look at all that because then they may pay no tax. Correct, yep. Where yep. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so, I, so, I mean, that's really where a tax advisor is going to be hugely important with these these new simpler rules. Yeah. Yeah. So the simpler rules. <laughs> She's laughing now, everybody. <laughs> I don't know where anything is really simpler. They've added some extra things. And if you were, you know, kind of just a basic person, you owned a home or you rented and you've got wages, maybe you have kids, maybe you don't have kids, you might lose that Schedule A. There's no more 2106 for job-related expenses mm-hmm. anymore. Those kind of people may be a little bit more simple. But if you've got a business, things are, you know, a lot more crazy there because of some of the new deductions that were put in there for businesses. And then we have the state the state and um, local tax rule, too, which is mm-hmm. a huge difference because now you're capped, especially in both of our states, because we have fairly high property tax. Correct. Yeah. So now you're capped at $10,000. Yep. And that's for a married couple. It's 10, right? Yeah, it's 10 for a married couple. It's 10 for a single person. <sighs> so it's your state tax that you pay through withholdings or estimated taxes. It's your property taxes. In the state of Minnesota, you have a personal property tax because you have a vehicle plate Right. Add valorium tax. Add that all together. Anything over $10,000, you just don't get to claim anymore. Right. And so that's going to be huge. Secondary um, HELOCs no longer are deductible. Yeah. The, the home equity line of credit, it, unless it was taken out to improve your home. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's or or you fun. had a HELOC when you originally bought the home because of the way you finance things. Right. Yeah. But that's going to be, that's, I, I found that really interesting. Like, how are you going, how's the government going to know that? Yeah. And so that's well, going to get to be fun. The last couple of years, they've changed up that mortgage interest statement a bit. But one of the things I guess that that does is people over the last 20, 25 years have been doing a lot more tapping into their home equity right, to, to other go things. other things do other things. And this kind of scales that back or puts it in your head that, well, you won't get that deduction anymore. Right. So right. maybe people will have their mortgages paid off these days before they turn 65 in the long run. Right. <laughs> and and so uh, some people that may not have to file returns as much are older folks. Correct. Because yeah. what sort of an income level do they have to be under to not have to file a return? I get that question all the time, Tammy. Yeah. So Well, um, Social Security is kind of the wild card there because you don't even include your Social Security unless you take all of your income, half of your Social Security, that totals over $25,000 for a single person, over $32,000 for a married couple. So if you just kind of take Social Security out of the picture a little bit and look at a single person, age 65 plus, if you made over $13,600 from pensions or IRAs, interest, um, 
you, you're not even required to file a tax return there. If you're a married couple, that number, if you're both over 65, is up to that 266 that we were talking about before. Okay, so those numbers are for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, but it's still possible that you won't be paying any tax even over that, depending on other deductions and things like that. Correct, correct. And then even if you have income under that, there's times when you're still required to file. Like, uh, say you're working, you might qualify for that earned income credit if you're very low income. And then um, if you've taken health insurance in the marketplace and you've gotten any kind of credits there, you always have to file to reconcile. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you went right to the Affordable Care Act. Now, one of my favorite tax topics, and, and there, that can be a huge tax surprise for people too, can't it? Yeah, we've, we've had some situations where, uh, I think my worst situation, I felt like I was picking the poor lady up off the floor. <laughs> she was a low-income person. She was a waitress and had a child, and she was getting her health insurance in the marketplace. Her car broke down. And she couldn't get to work anymore, but she needed her job. So she had an IRA that she decided to cash in so she could get a different vehicle. <sighs> and I, it was only like, um, I don't know, $15,000 that she took out. But it threw her out of the, uh, the health care affordability. She, she ended up having to pay back $12,000 of marketplace tax credits. Plus, that income threw her up where she lost a bunch of her earned income credits. And it, it's just one of those things where you feel like it's so unfair, but um, that's our tax rules. Sometimes they really suck. Well, and we, we, we had a situation, you know, where, where one of our clients went back to work after they retired a little bit. They were under 65, and thankfully, we were able to do a $2,500 IRA to get them under the income. Yeah, it's amazing but, sometimes. And, how- and it, it was like a 12000 I mean, we, we put... I think twenty five hundred. It was it was two or three thousand dollars into an IRA, and it was like a twelve thousand dollar tax difference. Just to get them back to where they could take they they didn't have to pay back those tax credits for the Affordable Care Act insurance. Yeah, but there's also been a change now with the Affordable Care Act insurance going forward, right? Because there no longer will be a penalty if you choose not to have it. Yeah. So in 2019, if you choose not to have health insurance, our current administration has said it is penalty enough to not have the insurance. Why should you have to pay the government because you didn't have the insurance? So a couple years ago, we could decide to not disclose that we didn't have insurance. And that's when Donald Trump first came into office. But the last two years, the IRS has said, no, you need to answer that question or we're not processing your return. Okay. And then we'll stay on the health insurance for a second. I've been seeing a ton more HSAs. Have you too? Yeah, because that uh, the HSAs... Health again, savings account. Let's get it, rid of the jargon. Yep. Can, can reduce that income. Again, if you're buying health insurance in the marketplace, reduce your income so you qualify for more credit on that marketplace insurance. But you also can get one, like my wife works for the Holman School District, Mm -hmm. and because they're a high deductible plan, we can get one there. Mm -hmm. And that is a good deduction too. I mean, because we can, I can write a check and put it in there and Mm -hmm. still have that count as a deduction. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that um, they don't have to take it through their employer, uh, the HSA through their employer. You could go to... Just about any bank, they offer health savings accounts. You just have to have the high deductible health plan 
whether it's through your employer or you're getting that high deductible health insurance someplace else. So again, when you're doing your taxes, I would definitely talk to your preparer about does an HSA make sense? Because I think you can do HSAs right up till April 15th. Yep, correct? you're correct. Yep. So that's one of those things that you can talk about. Real quickly, unreimbursed expenses. I that there's there's some real pain there, isn't there, for people? Yeah, and I I think that's a lot of like our average Joes, the truck drivers that are employed, uh, over the road truck drivers that are uh, receiving W twos, people who are salespeople that do a lot of traveling and using their own vehicles construction workers where they had to go out and buy a lot of their own tools plus they do a lot of travel for for their work those deductions are gone because of the fact that they raise that standard deduction so much part of the tax simplification yeah and then the other big difference starting in 19 is alimony too right i didn't yeah yeah because Mm -hmm. now it's deductible, but it won't be anymore, correct? Correct, yeah. So prior to, if your divorce was finalized prior to January 1st of 2019, alimony is deductible by the person who's paying it and taxable to the person receiving it. Now, we've had some confusion with people thinking that if they modify their agreements, because sometimes people you get a divorce and maybe five, 10 years, things change between them. They go back into court. Just because you modify your alimony agreement after January 1st of 2019 does not mean that it will no longer be deductible or taxable. You have to have that written into the contract that you're going by these new rules now. Oh, so. So people can't try to do it and then pull the wool over somebody's eyes. Well, that's a good thing. Um, Tax laws and business. What? What? How do the new tax laws affect businesses? Where are you going to see? Where are businesses going to see pros and cons? Roughly. Yeah. So, uh, the biggest thing, I guess, the easier part, I guess, is if you're a C corporation, we have that new flat tax rate, twenty percent. Right. Most people are not small businesses are not C corporations. They're LLCs or they're sole proprietors. They're a partnership, a S corporation, sole proprietor. You file that Schedule C. So there we now have the Qualified Business Income Deduction, QBI. <laughs> oh, new acronym. I love yeah, it. Go yeah. ahead. Tell us what, yeah. what, Tammy, what is the QBI? The QBI. You should all be excited about the QBI if you are self-employed. Um, basically, uh, you're going to be able to take whatever your profit is on the business and subtract out 20% of that as the Qualified Business Income Deduction. High income people, you know, because we can't give too much benefit to those rich people. If you're too high income, then that's going to start going away. And high income is a taxable income for a married couple of over $315,000 for a single person over $157,500. And that's taxable income. So that's income after the standard deduction or your itemized deductions. Right. And businesses have not lost the deductions. So, and and, you know, someone using a vehicle, someone doing all that, if you're a business, you haven't lost the deduction. Nope. You still have those deductions. There's been some changes to the meals and entertainment part of it. Uh, if you're self-employed, but you know, all of those other deductions, you can take your depreciation. uh, If you're buying equipment for your business, all of that. Wow. But, but, you know, the backbone of America is really these small businesses. So this has been a good thing for many business owners. Right. Rental property can qualify for the QBI deduction also. Okay. That's, I didn't know that. That's really cool. 
And the other thing is, in 2019, IRA limits go up. Yep, I think it's been, what, three years maybe since they've raised them? It's been at least that, yeah. Yeah. So 2018, you could put 5,500 into an IRA, 1,000 more if you were over the age of 50. We went to 6,000 for 2019. The simple plans and the 401ks and the set plans also saw increases there. Right. So if you have any of those plans, you really need to talk to your tax preparer. Right, you know, if you haven't made the change already at the beginning of the year, you should because you want to make sure that you max that out. And then a very quick, uh, one of the fun topics is, should I do a Roth or should I do a traditional IRA? Yeah, well, I as a tax preparer like to look at two things. How old are you and what tax bracket are you in? A lot of times I defer back to the investment advisor, Right. but I think if you're young, a Roth makes so much sense to do. Especially under 30. Under 30, it's Mm -hmm. not. To me, if you're under 30 and you're in the for sure, the twelve percent bracket. Yeah, but that's I can a, even, almost a no-brainer. Right, there. I can even argue the twenty-four percent bracket because you have the power of time and you have the fact that it can go and grow and grow and grow. It thirty to forty-five, you really have to look at income and tax bracket. Yeah. Over forty-five, it's purely to me a tax bracket decision. Right, and you probably have computer programs to oh, kind of throw percentages we, and numbers and all of that. We do. And and we definitely dig into that. But And we will actually give questions. And Tammy's had our clients come in where we'll say, ask your preparer this, have them do both. One of the nice things about Tammy's office, and she's done it with me, and I know that Annie and Jerry do it too, is if there's an obvious way that they can save some tax and they haven't done it, you guys will say, by the way, if you do this, (laughs) you can save this money. And I I think that's really key. One of the things, and that's uh, something I always tell people, you've got to ask your tax preparer questions. Have questions prepared when you walk in. And oh, by the way, if you're having a 15, 20 minute discussion on tax planning when you're sitting with your preparer, when you walk out to the front desk, schedule an appointment in May. Yeah. We, when we're working with a client, uh, that's one of the things we try to do. What can we do to save on taxes? And then we always are looking at how are your taxes going to be different next year? Because maybe we need to do something different for next year's taxes. And then one last fun sort of question. What 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 do you see causes audits the most? Other than <laughs> when they go home, when they don't like the tax return and they come back the next day with more receipts. Oh, well, we, <laughs> we say there's basically two types of audit. And the first one is more of a document matching audit. You were kind of talking about that before, right. where the IRS gets the 1099s, the W-2s, all of that kind of stuff, and you forgot to put something on there. Gambling winnings, that's a big one that people, they get that W-2G while they're in the casino and then they forget about it. Well, the IRS got it too. And if you don't put it on your tax return, you're going to get get a letter. But then the other ones, it's kind of just some of the things that would trigger audits. Um, If you have a business and you're consistently showing losses, how are you living? Right. We've had people who have done their taxes themselves and they've taken mortgage interest on their itemized deduction schedule, but then they've also taken that same exact number on their office in the home, so they're doubling up. So those kind of things uh, can show up sometimes there too. We don't see in our office a lot of audits. If we are doing a tax return and we think something looks fishy, we'll kind of point it out. And if you can give us a valid reason how that happened to be, you know, 
I, I did have one woman one time I told her, I, I think we're going to get an audit. And sure enough, she did. But we had everything covered. So when she did, we went through the right. audit, she didn't have to pay any tax or any kind of interest or penalty on that because and, it was covered. And, and the one time I was audited, they actually had changed the law. And we had we had actually done it the new way one year. The year before, we had done it the old way, which was still questionable. Mm-hmm. And it, the audit process wasn't that bad. My accountant at the time was with me. Um, this is about 20 years ago, and we walked through the process. And it, you know, it isn't as bad as people think, as long as you have the documents. If yeah. you have the documents, it's not a big deal. Yeah, the auditors are typically human beings too. Some of them can be real jerks, but they tend to not become a jerk unless you're a jerk to them first. Right. If if you come in and you know we came in with a nice box and we had everything organized. They'll the, love you. <laughs> the, fir- the first thing they did was look at our mileage log, and, and she did say, God, there's lots of different colors in here. When did you get this done? And we all smiled. Um, because, I mean, they are, they know you're not dumb. We went through, obviously, and made sure it was right. Um, but bottom line is, is that it really did work well. And, and it wasn't, I mean, was it a fun experience? No, but it was not a bad experience. And that would be my thing. And I, I just want to plug that out there. I think the vast majority of them are, are good people. I've dealt with a yeah. ton of them. You have two over the years and I don't think it's that big of an issue but yeah so you're ready for this insanity I mean how many returns will you guys roughly do this year uh, we typically do close to 3,000 tax returns in a year's time and that year's time is basically three months so well and if they have <laughs> questions and they want to call and schedule an appointment what's the best phone number uh, 608-783-6183. We are in the office 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, tax season, which is January 15th to April 15th. We are there from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and then 9 to 3 on Saturdays. Do we get bonus days this year? No bonus days oh, this darn. year. No, I know. I've had a couple of people that have already been really disappointed about oh. that because with the way the, the Emancipation Day has fallen the last couple of years, we've had a few extra days. Oh, and then one of those years we had leap years, so that was an extra day too. <laughs> wow. So this year, it's, we actually are done on the 15th. Correct. And yeah. again, HSAs, SEP plans, IRAs, all those can be done right up till the end. That is correct. Yep. Well, thank you very much. The other thing, an interesting fact about Tammy, she is a daughter that's going to actually be a rocket scientist, right? <laughs> well, she says she's she's going to UC Davis right now, and we call her the rocket scientist. She did a uh, internship with NASA. Yeah, she she thinks she'd like to be an astronaut. Oh, that's that's really <laughs> cool. So so you can get your taxes done and look at moon rocks all at the same time. <laughs> well, thank you everybody for listening. We want you to check. I think there's a spot to check on the bottom. And then when we do a new podcast, we will send you a notification so that you are able to know when we're talking. And we're going we're to keep bringing guests in and talking about all the crazy stuff that matters with your money. So this is Mike Klauke signing off for now, thanking Tammy Becker. And and I won't get to talk to Tammy this much during the tax season because she's rocking and rolling all the time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back again real soon. Thank you for listening to the Financial Heartbeat Podcast with Mike Klauke. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. If you have questions for Mike, please call him at 608-782-1642. Visit his website at www.klaukefinancial.com or stop in for a visit at 635 2nd Avenue South on Alaska, Wisconsin, 54650. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. 
advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Klauke Investments and Insurance does not give legal or tax advice. Klauke Investments and Insurance and Securities America are separate entities.